Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, longtime friend and OG blogger from the Healthy Living Blogging Days. I have Monica Olivas, who is the woman behind Run, Eat, Repeat. She is also a RRCA running coach and holistic health coach, and she is based in Southern California. She started walking and running to lose weight after high school and ended up falling in love with it, obviously starting the blog and an Instagram account, and she has been running and eating and repeating for more than a decade now. Um, She lost weight and she um, has continued running, but really she is very proud of her accomplishments as far as running 32 marathons and dozens of half marathons. And nowadays she is sharing tips and tricks for runners um, of all levels on running repeat and her Instagram account. So welcome, Monica. Hello. Thank you. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. And hopefully some of the longtime readers um, will remember you and our adventures. <laughs> and Monica and I were just talking before this, just how I don't know, carefree life was back there. We just ran and traveled and I don't even know what we did back then, blogged about it. (laughs) Yeah, it really was ridiculous, but it was the best. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was a very good time in life for sure. Um, But anyway, so what's been up? I mean, do you want to give us a little background on what you've been doing on the running, eating, repeating front? Yeah, well, you know, it was a lot of just running and eating in home, around home for a long time recently, you know, with the pandemic, it really hit the running industry, Mm -hmm. racing, especially small local races, um, hard. I I feel like a lot of races kind of shut down and potentially might not come back. And I'm in Southern California, so it was pretty, you know, locked down here for a really long time. And things are kind of starting to pick back up. People, I think, are still a little wary. Like, there's always the risk that something will be shut down. But there was an extended period where every running group that I knew of was not meeting. Some of them have started to pick up, but a lot of them haven't. So it's now we're gradually coming out of it. And I think people are ready to have some social interaction along with their running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because running, it's such like an individual sport. I mean, obviously you are running for your own time, but at the same time, there's such a big social aspect of it. And I mean, that's probably why I liked running so much all those years, because I got to see my friends and run with them and all that. Um, so yeah, what did you do during the pandemic? Was it just a lot of solo time? I mean, what, what was it like, I guess? Yeah, it was a lot of just solo time, a lot of running just, I think, to get some exercise for mental health, to get outside because there was nowhere else to kind of go. Um, And not as many like very specific 
workouts that are for, this is for a race. So, you know, if you're trying to get faster or, you know, run a new distance or run a certain distance again, you need very specific kind of workouts and runs. And it was more just running to get some movement in, to get your sillies out, things like that. It just, I think it changed up a lot of training in that way. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And now, you know, you actually posted something just today with some of the upcoming races. So do you have some new races on your calendar? I actually have given myself a deadline to plan out my race calendar for this year by the end of this week, because in the beginning of January, I did the Dopey Challenge, which for those that aren't familiar, it's a part of the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. So Disney World Marathon is usually the beginning of January, and there's a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a full marathon. And the Dopey Challenge is when you run all of those races. And there's also another challenge called Goofy's Race and Half, where if you do the half marathon and the full marathon. So those are the two challenge options. And this kind of speaks to the running industry slowing down. Usually those races sell out immediately. And I'd always kind of wanted to do it. And I was like, going back and forth, didn't register on like the first signup day when it originally opened. And because I was like, I don't know, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of miles. It's a lot of races coming back after a lot of time off, right? A lot of us aren't used to there would be a time when this would not have been a big deal in my life to like run boom, 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 all of these races. And I was like, you know what, if it's still open, I will register for it. And it was days after maybe even like an entire week or two after registration opened, which like doesn't usually happen for run Disney races. And I just decided to kind of go for it. So in doing that, I didn't plan anything else after that. So that was the beginning of January. And I, part of me was in like afraid I would get injured or more than anything, just burnt out from running after that. And I wanted to kind of wait and see after I did this, what was I going to do after? Cause I didn't want to have other races looming. If I thought, no, I just need a break. So I haven't, I don't, think registered for anything yet this year but that's kind of why I posted I posted um the New York City Marathon Mm -hmm. lottery is open this week which I'm not planning on doing but that kind of reminded me like hey there are races that will sell out or will close or are going to come very soon and you're going to regret not signing up not registering for them so that kind of put a fire under me that I was like okay get it together these are the races that are coming up. I, I kind of listed the big city ones on my Instagram just because I know that those are the ones people, they're the biggest in the US. They're kind of the most popular, which is why they either have a lottery or sell out or they're just like, you know, well known. And I listed those because one of them that I have wanted to do in the past is the Big Sur mm-hmm. marathon. And I think it's kind of known as the most beautiful marathon in the US. It's completely gorgeous Big Sur in Northern California. And that's what sold out. So it was like, oh, reminder, get it together. So I don't have, everything is like TBD right now because I'm kind of trying to decide what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's so, that's so true. And I forgot how like some of those races, there were even races around here in Boston that were like, 
not even the big marathons, like 10 Ks that would sell out. It was nuts. So it's like so crazy, you know, how things have changed, but at the same time, like you're really into those races, the big ones, like they will sell out and they sell out fast. I mean, I remember sitting at computers, like the second, you know, uh, registration opened like registering, like within like a minute of it opening or something like that. I know. It's so funny. It's so funny how things have changed for some things that you're just like okay I have a little bit more time like I said I was really surprised by Run Disney not being sold out because it used to be like you had to be on right away refreshing the computer (laughs) also on your phone trying to do it and it's just I think a lot of people took time off of staying in racing shape you know for a while it's like getting back to it so I think it will get back to a place where you need to be on it right away if there's something you want to run. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that, actually. Like anybody who maybe like took a break from running during COVID or maybe the, their training plans just, you know, fell apart or maybe they just didn't stick to it. So like somebody who's out there listening now who either has fallen off track with training or they want to get into running, where do you think is like the best place to get started? Or maybe just some like first steps for somebody that wants to get into running? Well, if you're not running at all, you don't really consider yourself a runner. I would say to start with the walk run approach, Mm -hmm. even if you do other workouts, just because running, you know, consistently for let's say a half an hour is really hard yeah and I think a lot of times we go out too fast mm-hmm. and then feel like like a lot of people say oh, I can't even run around my block when they hear that I run you know a marathon and it's like yeah you could if you went slow enough like we all could or if you just took walking breaks in there and that's really kind of how I started where I was walking I would get bored I would run then I would walk and I would run again until I built that up and I think that that's like a more pleasant way really of getting into running because I am a fan of running and I know not everyone is, but I wouldn't want it to be something that someone hates. And I can see someone not being a fan of it when you're quote unquote, making yourself do this thing, you know, that just feels very frustrating. So I would say the walk run approach, I'm a huge fan of when you're new. And if you are a runner consider yourself a runner, were a runner in the past, whatever it is, and you want to get back to it, it's just not been the priority for a while, I would say to sign up for a race, because then there's this like reason for accountability and motivation, and you can find a plan that makes sense with the other things that you're doing and work it into your life so that you have that consistency to kind of know that you need to be running a certain amount of times every, you know, every week so that you're going to be ready for that race. And I think having that like deadline really does make you stick to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally lights a fire under your butt. Um, but I'm so glad you pointed out the fact that, you know, if you don't like running or it's like really hard for you, it's, you know, it's not something that you're going to stick with. So I like that you gave the run walk um, option to people. And then also like, I do think I'm just thinking about myself right now, (laughs) turning this around on me, but I haven't run in a while, but I still, I have this like 
itch to get back into it. And there's been some people from CrossFit that are talking about doing some spring races. So now I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I'll get back into running. And I have these expectations of how I used to run back in the day. And, you know, some of my times, and I just know right now going out, I'm not going to be that fast, like at all. And it's going to be really challenging. So I almost feel like maybe it's just me, but I just kind of need to like lower my expectations a little bit as far as like what to expect from myself. Um, but I do think like that mindset piece is really important. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit more, maybe for a beginner or somebody like returning to running. Um, but do you have any like good advice there for how to like get past the like comparison trap maybe? Oh, a thousand percent. Because I, I think even comparing yourself to yourself at a different time. Mm -hmm. And it could be after, you know, pregnancy, injury, time off, extended time off because of uh, the pandemic, whatever it is, like, it isn't really fair to expect that performance from mm -hmm. yourself, you know, immediately after time off, really, you can get back there. Like, if you did it before, you can do it again, if you wanted to. And if you're being honest with yourself in terms of how much hard work it took to get there, right? Because when you're running really strong, like you also know, yeah, and I was working my butt off, you know? And it's like, and that was a process to get from where you were when you started running to where where you were at a PR. Like how, how often were you running? How long had you been running? How long was that kind of build up? And I think we forget that. And I think setting yourself up for success is just so important because it's the mental side of it is so important. And if you are finishing every run or you're in the middle of every run and you feel already defeated, it's going to be hard to keep going. It's going to be hard to finish that run. It's going to be hard to want to run another day again. So that's another reason why I think the walk run method is so good because it's kind of like this set interval workout. If you think about it in a different way, right? It's not, I have to take a walking break. It is like, that is part of this workout, you know, and setting a timer, setting your watch, whatever it is. I really run on effort level now because I have gotten slower since taking time off from like seriously training since not racing for a while. And so when I am doing a workout, a lot of times I will focus on my effort level and not the pace because it is defeating to know that you used to run, you know, a certain mile average. And now you're, that's like a lot slower. So I think if I, I kind of try to gauge that as much as possible and that feels good when I finish a run and I go out for like a tempo run and I am running at, you know, a seven or eight effort level for an extended period of time on a not flat route. I, I do physically feel good. And then mentally I'm proud of myself. Cause I'm like, yeah, that, that's where my eight is right now. And like, that's not necessarily the pace that I would like, but I'm showing up and that makes me feel good that I'm kind of doing the work at least to get back there. Yeah. I like that you talked about the effort and like the scale, like, you know, one through 10. Um, Cause I think that's really important because I think women in general, we're kind of hard on ourselves as far as like, you know, I should be running like an eight minute pace or whatever, you know, number you have in your head. Not that I can do that at all anymore. Um, but I think that, that effort piece is really important because there are some days that, yeah, the run's going to feel really good. And then there's some days that it is not going to feel good. <laughs> 
happen. So being okay with that. And, you know, sometimes it is just showing up and, you know, getting out there and having some movement. Um, so I like that you can kind of like give it a, like a number or a rating to really, you know, you know, listen to your body in that sense, because Lord knows I have not listened to my body over the years. So I can very much relate to this. Um, so for, so to kind of switch gears here, like I have talked about overtraining and hormones and things like that related to high intensity exercise and running. So I wanted to get your take on this. Um, so I don't know if you've ever experienced personally overtraining or worked with, you know, women who have overtrained and, you know, what might be some of like the common symptoms that you see for somebody that might be doing a little too much and maybe not resting enough. Yeah. Well, injury is one of them a lot of times. And sometimes we like to think about it more in, in terms of under resting, under recovering, you know, really, because it's like potentially your body could be capable of these things, but it needs to be a more gradual process and, or you need to prioritize rest and recovery more because when you're asking a lot of your body, you need to give a lot to your body. And I think sometimes we forget that and we just start, we kind of want like more more. Mm -hmm. I want to go further. I want to go faster. I want to do more races. I want to do faster races, longer distances. And it's like, okay, so you are asking more of your body. Are you giving your body more, more fuel, more rest, more recovery? Like all of those things are an important piece of, you know, improving as an athlete. And I think that that's something that often gets lost kind of in sometimes when we talk about training for races or when we talk about running in general, we're talking about distances and times and not all of the other things. So I think that injury, and it can, you know, it varies a lot. It can be like something slightly bugging you to something very serious that requires time off. I think also to kind of the signs to go with your, you know, to answer your question, injury is one sign of this when we're doing too much, sometimes overtraining, um, overall fatigue so you're tired you're not getting the performance that you want in your workouts and also though outside of that right um sometimes elevated heart rate overall just like you know all of these things that you just aren't feeling like 100 and you should know what your 100 is right like i feel great this is when i am well rested well fueled moving my body in a way that feels good for my body and if that's not kind of like, if you don't know where your baseline is, it's hard to measure when it's off. And I just think that it's like really important to have this like self-awareness, like you mentioned, right? Of just like knowing yourself and where you are today, not necessarily where you were when you just were all in and had like a trainer and a nutritionist and like a sports psychologist, like all of these things, it's like, where are you today? And what's your 100% today? And kind of make realistic goals based on where you are today and, and make a realistic timeline so that you're not kind of asking a ton from yourself and then really not getting the best, the best version of you in running. And a lot of times it's like in work and life and relationships because this one thing is like taking so much from you because the reality is that, a lot of times we follow a lot of people that are doing 
crazy, awesome, and sometimes just crazy things online. And, and it becomes like this normal thing. And it, it's like a, a lot of times these things aren't necessarily like very intense workouts, whatever it is, running or not. Uh, it just like, we need to remember that these are very athletic endeavors and you need to then be treating yourself like an athlete or things are going to start going wrong. Yeah. 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 And you touched upon this. It's just kind of like priorities in life. Um, as far as like back to the comparison trap, (laughs) this very much relates to like what I've been thinking about lately. Um, but just like priorities in life. And, you know, when we were talking, even before we started recording, just like we had, you know, like all the time in the world and we were running and like doing all the things and traveling. And I mean, just for like my clients, um, I work with like a lot of moms who have little kids and like, you don't have those same number of hours to devote to running and training and all that. So it really is kind of like adjusting your expectations and realizing, yeah, where you are in this season of life and, you know, what is going to work for you. Um, because you can't expect, you know, to be PRing on every single race when like, yeah, you're like, you know, working and you have kids and you're taking care of like, I don't know, aging parents or, you know, sick COVID people, or, you know what I mean? There's like so many things like going on in life, um, that you just have to remember, you know, like what, what is, you know, important to you in your life at that moment. And, you know, it could be, could be training, could be something else. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think just, just practicing like a little bit of grace with ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Um, so another thing you kind of touched on too, is, um, injury, um, you know, little nagging things versus like big things that you really do have to like take time off, or maybe you have to have a surgery or something like that. Do you have any advice for somebody who needs to take time off from running or fitness in general, just kind of like what to do and how to get through it? Yes. Um, and I, I think that hopefully no one listening is in any place, I'm sending out awesome vibes to everyone that they are in a place that they are injured or have to take time off for a reason that's not their choice. Before you even go there, let me say that I heard something a long time ago and it really stuck with me because I The sound went out for some reason. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. (laughs) Muted. I was getting a call. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. Do you want to just start that one again? Yeah. Okay. So sorry about that. I first want to just send out positive vibes. I know it is devastating to have a running injury. I have been there, not been able to run. And before ideally you would ever find yourself in that position, make sure that your life is kind of has something else in it. I just heard someone say like, if only one thing brings you like all your joy in life, then your life is not in balance. And that was kind of like huge to me, like a wake up call. It was like, it was so true to be so devastated from an injury, like you need other stuff, you know? And I think that if you are in a place where, and and it could be a choice too. And it can, and it can be like a choice that is sad. Like sometimes getting out of a relationship, you're like, okay, this isn't good for me, but 
I, I can still be sad about it. And if you want to kind of focus on other things, you can you can potentially miss running or miss whatever your favorite activity is and realize like, I need to take a break from this for whatever reason. And I think that doing other things that bring you like a similar happiness or joy are very important. I went and I visited my niece a lot when, and when I couldn't run. And it was like something that made me like, happy when I was actually there and then after because I was like I'm glad that I did that you know and it, it was like this thing that brought me joy in another way I think that finding other potential ways to either move your body or another hobby that isn't necessarily it doesn't have to be something good for you it can be just like indulgent or pleasant or you know bubble gum and Britney Spears like easy breezy things I think that kind of filling your time then with other things that just like uplift you is an awesome way to kind of just not focus on what you can't do and and give yourself time to to focus on what you can do things that make you happy Hmm, I like that I think that's really great because I do get that question a lot from people where they're like oh, I have a hip injury or a knee injury. Like, should I be focusing on like upper body workouts? And I'm like, you, you could, but I almost, I like what you said better. I'm like, go find something else that makes you happy instead of doing upper body movements. For sure. Yeah. And it's like, if you just want very practical advice, like as a running coach, yes. But you know, like as a person, as a complex yeah. person, mm-hmm. it's like, it, there's an emotional aspect to not being able to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so kind of like finding things that made me not want to cry when I can't run, you know, and it's like this ironic thing, because I know a lot of times people say like, you know, running is cheaper than therapy. And it's like, so if running is more than just like an activity for you, and you're finding some sort of outlet for it, um, it, it feels therapeutic, or just feels like something that helps like keep you in this good headspace, then it would be nice to do something else that like takes you to a good headspace, whatever that is. Yeah. 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 It's more of like a holistic approach. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So when you started running, you started running for weight loss. So I would love to talk about that is, you know, is running um, a good way to lose weight? I mean, running is a good way to lose weight because it's one of the best ways to burn calories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's great cardio. You don't really need a bunch of equipment for it, like good shoes and safe weather to run outside and you're good to go. So it's also like has less limits because it's not like a team sport that you have to count on other people if you want to play tennis or you want to do something else. Um, so just by a straight kind of like, calorie burn assessment. I, I think that running is a good option, but not necessarily marathon training or something like that. When the more that you do sometimes, I mean, we know this, a lot of people gain weight during marathon. Yeah. Training. I was going to ask. So there that. is, which is wild. Like people that don't realize it, haven't experienced it are like, what? Like that doesn't track. And yet I know so many runners where that is the case. So I would say that 
running is a great way to potentially, you know, um, lose weight more if it's something you enjoy, it's helping your body and not hurting it. Like it's not going to be helpful if you're running to the point of injury. And then you also can't do other ways to move your body. Right. So I think if, if you're healthy and you enjoy running, like great option in terms of exercise. But I, I wouldn't necessarily like sign up for a marathon and, and think that that is going to be my weight loss plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I ran three marathons and two out of three, I gained weight. Yeah. 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 And I think it was probably, I mean, like you said, like a marathon, like that, you know, it's a big endeavor. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of running, a lot of time on your feet. And it's almost like, too much of a good thing. You know what I mean? So it's finding that like healthy balance and really, um, giving yourself, you know, enough time to recover, giving yourself more food to recover. And I think when, you know, just the average person goes into marathon training, they don't realize like how much rest is involved, how much food is involved, um, how much time on your feet is involved. So, um, I do think it like, it can kind of, you know, swing the other way as far as the, oh, sure. I, yeah, I've, I've admitted uh, as someone who's run like so many marathons, I'm like, it is diminishing returns, you know, like <laughs> it, it comes to a point where it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a little too much. Yeah. 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 Um, so the other thing I want to touch upon kind of related to that is just um, uh, you know, intuitive eating, I mean, you know, hot topic, I know you're a big fan of intuitive eating, but what do you think are, you know, the big issues with like intuitive eating and marathon training? This is such a hard balance mm-hmm. to nail down mm-hmm. it. Um, and I've kind of been a student of intuitive eating as long as I've been a marathon runner. Like I I kind of found both of them around the same time. And it really is something hard to nail down, especially if you're new to intuitive eating, because there are aspects of marathon training that kind of undermine intuitive eating Mm -hmm. that you need to kind of keep in mind. For example, after a long run or a race, I'm actually not hungry. Like I'm, I'm super thirsty all day. And sometimes depending on the distance, like if it is at 20 miles or something, I'm like a little nauseous almost, or like, uh, like my body is like, what, what the hell were you just running from? Like for three hours, you know, like there's something about it, like biologically where I feel like my body thinks like I was just running from a predator and isn't like, doesn't have a calm stomach to want to eat but I need to refuel. It would be ridiculous for me to say, well, I want to be an intuitive eater. So, and I'm not really hungry right now and not eat, you know? And I think if you're new to intuitive eating and you have a history of kind of like being a stickler for the rules, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, right? Like intuitive eating is supposed to kind of toss out the rules. But ironically, sometimes if we're like, well, I'm supposed to eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. Like if you just kind of switch what your idea of the rules are and you are marathon training, and especially if you're kind of new to marathon training, so you don't understand like the peaks and valleys of your hunger because they don't line up necessarily with, I ran 10 miles today, so I'm going to be this hungry. Like sometimes I'm hungrier, not sometimes, I'm often hungrier the day after a long run or the day after like a hard tempo run. 
But that day, I'm like I said, I'm mostly thirsty. I'm not like super hungry, but I need to refuel my body. And so I think that it's really important when, again, and, and to go back to this, when you're asking athletic things of your body, it, this is not a time to be focused on weight loss. Like you really need to be focused on taking the best care of your body as possible, right? And if your only priority is like calories in, calories out, then your priority shouldn't also be running 26.2 miles in, in a certain amount of time. So I think that it's just a careful thing that you have to be kind of like, and, and I'm speaking specifically with intuitive eating. I think I, I mean, with intuitive eating and marathon training, those things like just like are hard because marathon training throws off your appetite sometimes. And, or you have to fuel at five o'clock in the morning to be ready for a six o'clock run. And you might not be hungry, but like, yeah, but you're also asking yourself to like run a ton that day. It just like, it doesn't always make sense. I think though, you know, intuitive eating and running, just running for fitness can be a good partnership because you are able to then listen to your body. And sometimes you're going to eat more because you're hungry. And sometimes you're not as hungry for whatever reason. And these cycles depend. And sometimes they depend on your actual cycle, you know, like your period and you're hungrier at certain times of the month or for whatever reason. And I think that trust in your body is like a super awesome thing because you get to learn yourself. So then you also learn, you know, your limitations, like how do you feel on that effort level scale, right? When you know, like your hunger level and like your thirst, and you also know how you feel on a given day in terms of energy level, those things, like, I think it's awesome because it's just a different way to kind of get to know yourself better and, and trust yourself. And then as you really do feel like I trust myself, I trust myself to know when I'm hungry, like when I need to eat a little more and not worry about it. I know that I'm giving my best today on this run and I'm not going to be worried about it. And then other days, you know, like, then I also trust myself to know I can like push myself today. Like I'm phoning it in and I'm going to call myself out. I think that intuitive eating and running has worked well for me there because it's like built a trust in both ways. And I just think it's like when you get to specific kind of challenging athletic goals, then you kind of have to be a little more diligent about how you're feeling yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. And so for, I kind of want to talk about this intuitive eating stuff. Um, for somebody who is new to this idea or maybe wants to start it, what would be kind of like the first steps for dabbling into this? I mean, obviously I'm coming from like the macro space, which is like the opposite of intuitive eating. Although you can kind of do intuitive macros and we do that with some of our clients, but for somebody who's like, really beginner to this, you know, where would they start as far as intuitive eating goes? Yeah, it is a little opposite of it because of the fact that you are at least initially really supposed to throw out kind of like expectations, mm -hmm. you know, and I, maybe not, I, I think it kind of depends, right? There's a spectrum with everything. Um, and I, I think of like, macros as being pretty balanced, but if you don't eat certain foods and not necessarily even certain food groups, but like certain foods that you were like, that is bad, that is good. You know, you're supposed to kind of throw out 
all the food rules as step one. Like everything is welcome, everything in moderation in theory and really listen to your body. Like eat when you're hungry, like fuel yourself and you don't need to eat when you're not hungry, especially if you have a history of like emotional eating or binge eating kind of questioning, like what am I feeling right now? Where, where am I coming from that I'm doing this? You know, it's supposed to be from like, kind of like a kind, curious place that you come from. If you notice yourself overeating, binge eating, emotional eating, and kind of trying to figure out like, okay, I'm not hungry right now. So why am I doing this? And I think that listening to your body, just kind of on your hunger and fullness levels and realizing too, I went to one of the, the original intuitive eating book is a book that came out the longest time ago. And I went to one of the two dietitians. It was like co-written. And I used to, I went to her for like a short time period. I happened to live by her and I figured it out. I mean, so long ago, or again, around the same time that I started marathon training. And one of the things that blew my mind is we were talking about ice cream. I said something about eating ice cream, you know, one night and I wasn't even hungry. Like I'm not following these intuitive eating rules. I wasn't even hungry. And she's like, we never eat ice cream because we're hungry. And I was like, <laughs> like, it was just like mind blowing. And I was like, that is the most true thing ever, you know? And it's just like these things that in general, intuitive eating is eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full, which means then, you know, you would think not eating for emotional reasons or just because you want to, you know, kind of thing like with the ice cream. And I think that just a very kind of basic way to start that is when you are hungry or before a meal, ask, like checking in with yourself, where am I? Do I feel good, bad, or neutral, you know, like, and, and good and bad is like, you can use your own terms for that, but it's like hungry, full or neutral, for example. Right. And like good, bad, I think they just mean in terms of like hungry or full or, um, high energy or low energy or neutral, like you can, you can kind of swap it. And it's just an opportunity for like, try to simplify it as much as possible in terms of how you're checking in with yourself, because sometimes and and like for me I kind of struggle too because I think that even like an effort level scale out of 10 can be a little much especially when you're running and you're like wait is, is this like a six or am I an eight like <laughs> I, I just think that simplifying it as much as possible with just those like three options like am I hungry full or neutral do I feel good bad or neutral do I feel high energy low energy or neutral like something like that is a, is a good way to kind of start whatever, you know, terms you would want to swap in for yourself. If you want to start intuitive eating and kind of listening to your body, like what questions, what would you kind of ask yourself to figure out like when you're at a neutral place and when you need something, if that something is like food, you know, water, movement, rest, whatever it is, I think that you can kind of like figure out the, the questions to ask yourself. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. And I like that you simplified it because I think it is hard to like get into that intuitive space, especially if you're not 
used to it or you've come from diet culture or maybe you've come from macros. And I mean, that's kind of where, you know, I am nowadays just because I was so sick, you know, with flares and everything. I mean, there was no way I was tracking macros. I mean, it was like survival mode. So I kind of did just end up in this like intuitive space, but I think that's really helpful because there are some days that I'm like, am I just eating to eat or am I really hungry or what's going on here? But the ice cream example, that was really good. And it's funny because um, like Quinn will eat dinner and he, he's very good about just being like, I'm full. And, you know, obviously we don't like push him to eat any more than he needs to. But then like an hour later, he'll be like, can I have ice cream? <laughs> I'm like you just had dinner, but it's probably because he wants the ice cream. It's not because he's actually hungry. So oh, totally. Yeah. It is like, sense. that was crazy. That was like crazy permission from me. Like for me that I was like, oh my God, you know, like she realizes this and she's not saying there's anything wrong with it. And I was like, that is just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you just want ice cream. <laughs> um, so that was super helpful. I, I really appreciate you explaining all that and giving us some more, you know, details and guidelines and well, maybe not, well, guidelines in the sense of like what to consider, but not, not guidelines as far as like what to eat. Um, but anyways, I wanted, you know, before we wrapped up here, I wanted to just um, ask you about kind of like what's, what's next on the agenda for Run, Eat, Repeat, you know, what you've been up to as far as projects or coaching or anything like that? Yeah, I actually, the timing was kind of the worst where I did this run fit challenge, um, during the pandemic and it was running for fitness, but also there was 5k, 10k half marathon training in it. It was a, a 12 week challenge that we did. And I think just because there weren't races and a couple, like some runners, they thought there was a race and then it was canceled. It was just like this kind of like a virtual running group. And just like with races still being canceled, it just was like a little sad. So I decided I was going to do another round of it and decided um, I need to wait until I know that kind of races are coming back. Mm -hmm. um, so now that they are, I, that's going to be coming back. And I'm trying to figure out my own kind of running and racing schedule for the year and trying to get my running buddies back to it. I think like really it is shocking how, um, but also nice that it's not just me that has like kind of not made it such a priority because it was like, what's the point, you know, to be putting so much wear and tear on your body. A lot of the people that I've run races with just stopped running altogether, really haven't gotten back into racing yet. So we're all kind of like in this together in terms of taking the steps to get back to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, awesome. I mean, I'll definitely have to keep a lookout for whatever's on the agenda. And it's always fun to follow you on Instagram and watch your videos and all that. That is my stuff. favorite. I have so much fun with it. It is. Mm -hmm. It's just like a fun thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. And I almost feel like Instagram really became like the live blogging <laughs> of our day. Yes. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. It just is like a easy, it's like a compact way to like do fun, silly updates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not doing much blogging nowadays, but you know, I'm all over Instagram. So it's just like right. the blog moved to Instagram. Thanks, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Same. 
Well, um, thank you so much for hopping on today and chatting. And um, where can we find you on the internet? Runningrepeat.com is my site. I have running tips and tricks and training plans, tons of race recaps and, and recipes. And on Instagram, at runningrepeat. I finally got on the TikToks, as oh. I like to call it, to my little brother. <laughs> Oh, cool. He keeps cool, and I'm like, okay, fine, Matt. I'm on a minute, um, so I'm, I'm doing that now at Runny Repeat. But yeah, pretty much everything is Runny Repeat. That's where I'm hanging out. We can hang awesome. out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Monica. It was awesome catching up with you, um, and definitely check out Monica at Runny Repeat. <laughs>